Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for your favorite morning podcast. It is the Morning Five for Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. And as always, it's brought to you by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Bryce, we are 23 days away until Pitchers and Catchers report. Sweet. Awesome. 23 days. Awesome. 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 I, I'm excited, honestly. The slow, the the closer we get to, to, to baseball season, the more excited I get. Um, especially, you know, we had some news that we're going to uh, drop yesterday that we're going to talk about here in a couple of minutes. And, and the more little tidbits we get out of the Braves, um, you know, not really necessarily spring training, but the camps that are going on and everything and what we're looking forward to. Uh, I'm, ge- I'm getting excited, man. I'm excited for this Braves season. I'm excited for uh, to see this roster. Um, you know, we'll, we'll obviously get more into that, but yeah, 23 days until pitchers and catchers report. That's awesome. Uh, it's also today is national beer can appreciation day. Okay. All right. You know, I can get day. down with this. Why are yeah. we appreciating the can itself? Like, because the can is revolutionary, Billy. It allows liquids to be transported from, uh, you know, near and far without being worried that the glass is going to shatter or break. You can, you can toss a beer can from boat to boat if you're in some sort of Super Bowl uh, parade celebration down in Tampa and not worry about, you know, if it hits the ground and rattles around a little bit, you give it a couple minutes to, to settle and it's fine. You toss a, you know, a glass bottle across the boat and you drop it. Well, you, you A, you spilled a beer, uh, which is a travesty. And B, you got glass everywhere that's shattered. Uh, so we got to appreciate the, the beer can. And it's a little bit, it's a little bit cheaper to, to make and produce. Uh, beer cans and it is glass bottles um so i think that it should be it should be appreciated today and if anybody's ever thought of it if you hear a jamaican person say beer can it sounds a lot like an english person saying bacon uh so there's a little tidbit for you in the morning but yeah you gotta appreciate the beer can wow just okay uh there you go. national peanut butter day i mean is there anything better than peanut butter I could think of a few things, but yeah, uh, peanut, peanut butter is pretty good. I'll, I'll give you that, but yeah. Peanut butter is the ultimate snack in our house. Um, you get a spoon and eat peanut butter with it. That's that's a win. Uh, celery and peanut butter, that's a win. I tell you something that I bet a lot of people haven't tried that is one of my favorite snacks is Fritos scoops in peanut butter. Uh, I found that little combination back in my hazy days in college. Uh, worked really, really well. Um, and if you want to fancy it up a little bit, you can put a little uh, little Hershey's chocolate bar on top of it. A Frito scoop, peanut butter, and a little Hershey's chocolate. I mean, you get you get the sweet, salty, savory mix. It's it's an amazing combination uh, at 3 a.m. in the morning when you don't have anything else to eat in your apartment. And it's also Change of Pets Life Day. Oh. Do you think those two are related? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably. That's... National Peanut Butter Day and National Change of Pets Life Day. 
Probably that probably related, I would assume, right there. I would assume too. Uh Hawks yeah, lost last night to the Bulls pushing Ugh. their their losing streak to two. Uh one eleven to one hundred. DeJounte Murray had twenty points, Trey had twenty one. Um those were pretty much the highlights of the, of the night as far as scoring was was concerned. Every I think there was like five or six that were in double digits, but it didn't seem like things were going well. Um, I think the Hawks, you know, did well in the second quarter, but that was about it, man. It didn't. Look- yeah, they they looked terrible last night. It was it was bad. I mean, uh, like like you said, Murray Murray and Trey sort of got theirs. Trey played really poorly though last night. Seven for sixteen from the floor, zero for five from three. Um, he missed three free throws, which I don't know if I've ever seen Trey miss three free throws in one game. Uh, JC had 11, Bogey had 11, uh, Capella had 16 and 12. The, the starting rotation did fine. I'm not going to say they did well. Honestly, if it wasn't for DeJounte Murray, this game would have been a blowout. We, we didn't play we didn't play good defense. Um, you know, we, we came out of the third quarter, played, played decently, got the game back uh, close enough to where we could have competed in the fourth quarter and we had a shot to win. Uh, but they, they just starched us. They outscored us by 11 in the fourth quarter. The defense wasn't there. Drummond at times was, you know, I, I don't know what it is about Drummond when he plays when he plays Atlanta. He played three minutes and had four points, and those four points were at a critical time. I know four points doesn't sound a lot, but he, he got those four points in a critical time when Atlanta was making a run. Um, he, he he played good defense in those three minutes. It's the oddest thing when he comes in. I don't I don't understand it. Uh, DeRozan got his. He played really well last night. Vucevic. Uh, hit a couple of big open threes. I, I, it was a it was a frustrating game to watch, Billy, because there's no reason we should have lost by 11 to this Bulls team. Um, no bench help when you don't have uh, Hunter, who's a starter, and OO, who uh, is coming off the bench and started before. When you don't have those two depth guys on your rotation, it really kills our bench production. We had 21 points in 62 minutes. Uh, AJ Griffin, I mean, he was the only person on the bench that did anything. 11 points in 31 minutes. Uh, you know, Jalen Johnson didn't play well. Aaron Holiday didn't play well. Frank Kaminsky even got a couple minutes, and he played He played really crappy. Uh, defense was bad. Three-point shooting was bad. We shot 63% from the charity stripe. That was bad. Way too many turnovers. I think they had, like, 19 turnovers, and the Bulls had 25 points off of those turnovers. Uh, we looked like the Hawks from like two and a half weeks ago, and not the Hawks that were on the five-game win streak. So it's a, it was a frustrating night last night, man. Yeah, and it sucks for the Hawks, and and it continues their slide. We're back to five hundred now. Uh, we're eighth now in the in the, uh, excuse me, in the Eastern Conference standings. Um, Chicago needed that win because they were tenth. Um, so yeah. that's. I mean, we can't continue to do this. We have to. We have to get wins, and right now it's not looking good. No, no, it's 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 not great because we lost to the Hornets when there's there's no reason we should have lost to the Hornets. That was a terrible, terrible loss. They're the second worst team in the East, and they didn't have their best player. Uh, and then we lose, and we had a full rotation. Then nobody was injured. And then you know DeAndre Hunter had a asthma attack last night. And what was um? Do you remember what OOS? It was like a right thigh tightness or right quad tightness or it was it was tightness yeah, somewhere mu- in the lower body he had muscle tightness in his body that's that's all they said on the radio for me 
Yeah, it was it was it was it was lower body tightness and like his quad or I don't remember. Um, but we had a full roster of characters to play against the Hornets and we couldn't take care of business last night. A little shorthanded. Couldn't take care of business against the Bulls. It's not great. We're two games back of the heat now for a playoff position, not a play in position. Um, so, I, you know, it, it it's just so frustrating, dude. This this team is I feel like I'm watching the Cowboys, honestly, like this team is too talented to be getting the results they're getting uh, some nights. So we're, we're back at it tomorrow night. Um, I think we play the 76ers tomorrow night. Thunder. That's a, the Thunder right now are playing really good. I think the Thunder are on a, um, I think the Thunder are on a bit of a win streak at the moment. Uh, maybe yeah. the Hawks will play well because that's what happens if you play down to your opponent and up to your that's, opponents. So let's. That's what I'm hoping. The, yeah, the Thunder right now in their past ten are seven and three. So I thought they're they're streaking unlike the Hawks and the. The Thunder right now are battling for that play-in position. All right, Bryce. Uh, we are 93 days away from the NFL draft. 93. I am excited about that. You know you know, I love the draft, and I know you love the draft. I can't wait. It's one of my favorite times of the year, honestly. I've got some mock drafts for us to discuss, and, and these are just, just the Falcons picks. Um, okay. And theirs alone. And you say you're a Falcons. Your Falcons are a second, your second team. I want to see if you're okay with some of these picks. Okay. All right. Let's do it. All right. The first one is from NFL.com. Uh, Bucky Brooks. <laughs> what a name, dude. Yeah. He he has the Falcons selecting Peter Skaronsky, the offensive tackle from Northwestern. Uh, All right. So first off, that's a that's an offensive lineman name. Skaronsky. He, yeah. He's either an offensive lineman, a middle linebacker, or a fullback. So that he's got a strong name. The name check gets it. Uh, he says the Dirty Birds elect to fortify an offensive line that will need to protect a young passer growing into the position. Uh, yeah, I'm good with this, man. Skaronsky was the best offensive lineman on Northwestern last year. He's a little undersized, I think, um, so I'm not sure if he's going to play tackle in the NFL. Uh, he has played center and guard. I would I would see him probably slot into that left guard right next to Jake Matthews. Um, but if you're going to pick... If you want to tackle, I don't know if Skaronsky is your pick. I think he's, like I said, I think he's more of a guard because he's an undersized guy. Um, he's a lot like uh, AQ Shipley. He's got shorter arms and he's a shorter guy. Um, but he only allowed six pressures on 474 pass blocking attempts last year at Northwestern. Uh, when I looked up that stat, I was more shocked that Northwestern had 474 pass blocks <laughs> or uh, passing plays uh, in his three seasons at Northwestern. Uh, so he did he did a great job in that left tackle spot for Northwestern. He's probably going to be a guard or a center. If you want a tackle, though, in my opinion, I would take Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State over Skaronsky. But if you if you want a guard, if you just want a pure offensive lineman, if you can if you want somebody who's versatile, can play tackle if you need it, probably should play guard or center. And Skaronsky's your guy. He, he played great at Northwestern. Yeah. All right, the next one is from NFL.com as well, but this one's from Daniel Jeremiah, who is uh, one of their guys that does the... Uh, he does the draft coverage for them. So he has Lucas Van Ness, the edge rusher from Iowa. Falcons are taken. He said Van Ness is extremely explosive and has the versatility to play up and down the defensive line. He's a finisher as a pass rusher, and he can overpower blockers in the run game. He should... Uh, test very well in the spring. 
Yeah, and I completely agree with him. Van Ness is going to look fantastic at the NFL Combine. I think this is a guy that the numbers are going to really wow some NFL GMs. Probably a first rounder. Um, you know, I should should you use your because the Falcons are going to have the number eight pick. I don't know if he is a number eight pick edge rusher. Um, we'll have to see what he does in the combine. We'll have to see who falls in love with him. Uh, you know, last year he was rated an 80.2 overall grade from PFF in, in, in college. He had 46 pressures on 271 pass rushing snaps. Um, he can get around. He can also go through people. A little undersized if you want to move him inside right now. Uh, but he des- definitely has the versatility and the, um, you know, the moves to be an edge rusher guy. Uh, on the outside for the NFL puts a couple pounds on might be able to move inside he might be one of those hybrid guys like Micah Parsons who stands up sometimes I don't really remember how his lateral speed was when we played Iowa um, but you know if you if you come from that defense you're going to be a hard-nosed uh, type player so yeah I, I would like to see an edge rusher at eight I don't know if Lucas Van Ness is that guy but he could be he could be the guy all right the next one is from WalterFootball.com. They have Miles Murphy, the defensive end slash linebacker from Clemson, taken by the Falcons. He says the Falcons have ranked dead last in pressure rate in each of the last two seasons with plenty of defensive line talent in the 2023 NFL draft. The Falcons should walk away with the blue chip player to help in this department. Miles Murphy has immense potential as a 3-4 defensive end in the NFL, but also can be a 4-3 edge. I love this pick love this pick this this is my pick if if the falcons stay at eight and one of the three quarterbacks is not still on the board this is my pick right here uh he, he's six five 275 pounds he reminds me a lot of trayvon walker um i think he is a i think he's a monster outside he, he could use some more pass rushing moves um i sort of i said this about um uh chase the from ohio state is now with washington chase um. Young, thank you. Um, Chase Young was a very raw pass rusher, didn't have a lot of moves, and he developed that in the NFL, and now he's a monster up there in Washington for the commies. Uh, so so uh, Murphy can develop that, but he has the physical abilities. He has the physical gifts. Um, he, he can play inside out. He has the versatility. He's had, he had 50 pressures last year. If he can develop a little bit more of a pass rushing move, he doesn't have a ton of moves in his repertoire, but he has the measurables. And th- I love this move. I, I think... I think Miles Murphy is a is a home run at number eight. If one of those quarterbacks, one of those top three quarterbacks, isn't there, as a Falcons fan, I'm a little gun shy because the last time we took a uh, defensive end slash linebacker from Clemson, it did not work well for us. <laughs> no, it didn't. No, it didn't. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I, I don't think I don't think Murphy is going to fall into that uh, sort of realm of disappointment. I think I think Miles Mur- Murphy is a can't miss at number eight. All right, the last one I have is from PFF.com by Michael Renner. Michael Renner has the Falcons selecting Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher from Texas Tech. He said Wilson is just what the doctor ordered in the Falcons' defensive line. He is the kind of edge setter that defense has been missing for some time. The 6'6", 275-pounder has a wingspan over 7 feet long and uses that length to consistently win the first contact battle against offensive tackles. He racked up a career high 50 pressures this past season. Yeah, he's long, he's big, you know, the 6'6", 275 pound frame uh, that you can move him inside or outside just like you could Murphy. Um, he's got longer arms than Murphy. He's he's going to have the probably the length advantage 
with his arms on just about every single offensive tackle that he faces. He's a quick guy. Um, you know, at Texas Tech, though, you're not really sure what type of opponents he went up against. You know, right. you're not really sure how, how battle-hardened he is. Um, I, I'm not going to say he's quite a can't-miss, like Murphy is at eight, uh, but I, I think he is a very – I think he's a very good player. He's Out of these four, in my opinion, Tyree Wilson is probably my fourth option. Uh, Miles Murphy at number one, Skorinski at number two, Lucas Van Ness at three, and, and Tyree Wilson at four. That's probably – uh, you know, my four rankings for, for these four guys. Okay. Um, and one thing I want to bring up to you, Billy, that I saw yesterday or this morning when I was looking through this, uh, this mock draft and looking at these names, they're having CJ Stroud and some mock drafts fall to number seven to the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. If, if CJ Stroud falls to seven, the Raiders are 1000% not passing up on him. Do the Falcons trade up to get CJ Stroud? No. We shouldn't. Um, I, I don't think we should, honestly. But, I mean, we'll see if he falls to us. Um, I also saw a mock draft today or yesterday when I was doing this research that had uh, CJ Stroud falling to nine, um, which was interesting. So if if the Falcons, if CJ Stroud is available and the Falcons pass up on another Ohio State Ohio quarterback, quarterback, yeah, they're, they're going to be blasted man i mean to pass up on fields was moronic in my opinion and i still stand by that uh and if they pass up on honestly any three of these quarterbacks if whether it's will levis bryce young or cj stroud if any of those fall to eight and they pass up on those guys it's completely moronic and and it is a huge mistake all right bryce uh some news came down yesterday that was that will hit home for a lot of people i'm I'm not as it's surprising, shocking out of the blue yeah. news. In my opinion, I didn't hear anything about this. I don't know if you did, but I, I saw this on Reddit and I was just blown away by it. I'm not as upset as a lot of people are because I just am not. But um, apparently, according to reports, has not been made official just as of yet. But um, according to reports, Chip Carey, the play-by-play voice of the Atlanta Braves on TV, since 2005 um, is looking is leaving the Braves and heading to St. Louis where his grandfather and his father used to call baseball games um, it's it's going to be weird without a carry in the bush or in the, uh, the upside of Bush Stadium in the uh, uh, Braves uh, in the broadcast booth, yeah yeah in the bro- broadcast booth I don't know why I couldn't say that word I mean, because my entire life, there's been a carry there, you know, skip to chip. Uh, it's, you know, I, I know you're not a big fan of chip carry, um, but it's uh, it's just going to be weird. It's one of those things that you've heard his voice since 05 and you, you heard his dad's voice all growing up. There's always been a carry in the booth. Yep. And it's uh, I don't know. It's going to be I'm not going to say I'm going to miss him per se. Uh, I don't watch a ton of Braves games, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I'm, I'm more of a radio guy. I love I love listening to Braves games. And Ben Ingram just does a... I, I can't overstate how good of a job Ben Ingram does at calling Braves games on the radio. Uh, I, I love him and Steve Holt. Uh, you better miss. Better not miss. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dude is... I, I, I love that guy. And I hope, I hope TV doesn't take him away from radio. I know a lot of people want that. I don't want that because I would rather listen to a game than watch a game. And I'd rather have Ben Ingram on the radio call where I can listen to him than have him on the TV call where, you know, I might catch 
you know, probably 20 to 30 games, the playoffs, obviously. Um, so, but, but yeah, this, this really came out of, out of left field, man, especially this close to the season. Uh, the Braves are already looking for a PA guy and now they have to look for a play-by-play guy. So I don't, I don't know, you know, who they have in mind to move up there. I've heard, I've heard a lot of weird people on the internet say they want Paul Bird, um, and Frenchie. I, I even saw one guy say, say Brian Jordan, and I think he should have his Braves fan card removed. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who they who they get up there. But yeah, uh, no carry in the Braves booth is an, is going to be an odd season. Yeah, forty six consecutive seasons of a carry in the booth for the Braves. Forty six. Uh, that that's I mean, that's longer than I've been alive. That's nuts. I mean, it's yeah. yeah we grew we grew up and and you know we've known a carry in the booth for the Braves our entire year. You know, our entire life. Yep. So it's going to be a very odd odd feeling man not to have a carry up there but but good luck to him he's going back to where his you know, where he grew up and where his dad kind of cut his teeth uh so i hope he grandfather too i hope he enjoy yeah grandfather too so i, I hope he enjoys it i don't a very odd move and, and a very odd time to move um but it's uh yeah a little piece of my childhood died yesterday yeah very very odd Billy, let's get to the Marine South scoreboard. Uh, we did actually have a basketball game last night. It wasn't on Max Preps, uh, but I saw it on social media. Uh, Mount Zion girls, they played Paulden County. They fell, unfortunately, 45 to 53 out of conference, you know, out of region game. Went up and played a bigger school just to get a little test. Only lost by eight. It's not bad. Uh, but Zoe Holland, she joins the 1K club. She joins Mary House. Um, Jaden Boykin and Jasmine Owens down at Heard County. She joins those three girls in the 1K club. So congratulations to Zoe Holland out Zoe. there in Mount Zion. Yeah, I, and I will. I'll get to see her this weekend or uh, this Friday. I get to go down to um, to Heard County Friday night and go call the Heard County versus Mount Zion game. So uh, boys and girls, I'm excited to see. You know, I got I got to see you got to see Central Bremen last week, yeah, which was awesome. a phenomenal game. Um. I got to see Hurd versus Temple, which was another great game, and then I get to call Hurd versus Mount Zion this Friday night, which is should be another another awesome game. So we get to uh, we get to experience some great girls basketball here on the West Side uh, tonight on the Smith floor covering games and events calendar. And you want to talk about great games? We got one coming up. Temple at Lamar County at six. That's a, a region game. All of these are region games. We're now in the thick of region play heritage at central at six LFO at Bremen girls start at five 30. Get there. If you are around the Bremen area and watch this game LFO right now per Kyle Sandy is a, I believe they're fifth in the state right now. They've only lost one game and that Bremen girls team is really talented. Uh, I'd like to see what type of fight Bremen can put up against LFO in that girls game tonight. And it's going to be on hometown sports media. Uh, Casey, is going to have the call out there. Billy, are you going to be able to get out there for this one? Uh, I'm going to try. I'm not I'm not going to promise, but I, I'd like to get out there and watch it. Yeah. I'm kind of bummed. I'm not going to get We have a basketball game tonight. I'm bummed we're not going to get to watch this one, but uh, but I'll be listening. I'll be tuning in. I'll be listening. Um, Villarica at Chapel Hill at six. Harrelson County at Gordon Central at six. And Heard County at Crawford County at six. On the boys' side, uh, WD Muhammad is at Bowden at six. Heritage at Central at 730. Fulton Leadership at Mount Zion at 7, Temple at Lamar at 7.30, LFO at Bremen at 7, Villarica at Chapel Hill at 7.30, Harrelson County at Gordon Central at 7.30, and Heard County at Crawford County at 7.30. All right, Bryce, you need another cup of coffee? 
Yes, sir, I do. I missed my alarm this morning and it didn't go off when it normally did because I didn't set on this new phone. So I do. I do need another cup of coffee. All right, another cup of coffee brought to you by Realtor Hannah Strawn with the Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. Art Moreno to maintain the ownership of the Angels after exploring a sale. I'm a little bit that, surprised by this. Um, I I was as well. <laughs> I was as well. I, I like I fully figured this this was going to go through, and and uh, that was just kind of <laughs> let's pull it back. Um, I, it, it's got to suck for Angels fans that you have two of the best players in baseball, and your team is largely irrelevant. Yes, yeah. you know that's. Uh, that that's gotta suck. I mean, the, the Angels and the Athletics are two teams that I think should probably find new owners. Uh, Stefan Diggs voices his frustration the day after the Bills season ends. Let's not forget, Stefan left the locker room early, or left the game early to, to yeah. change and just left. So yeah, he 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 left. He went into the locker room and left before the coaches even gotten there. Uh, and then somebody brought him back, and I don't remember who it was, but it was a veteran. A veteran brought him back in the locker room, and they say they said he stayed in there for a couple minutes, and then stormed out, pissed off. And you know, I I don't I don't blame them. They there's reports coming out that he's mad at at, at um Josh Allen. I I don't think there's any validity to that. Um, but you know, it's it's like it's like Stefan Diggs said. What do you want me to do? Be happy that we lost? I don't you know I don't understand that mindset. And I'm with them. I I wouldn't be happy if we lost, especially in that form and fashion at home the way they lost and the hype that was around that team all year long um so stefan diggs is a competitor he's an nfl player and he was rightly pissed off that they lost uh last night in hockey johnny goudreau returned to calgary for his first time since leaving the team and calgary fans briefly paused their booze to cheer him on for his return that's exactly what you expect from sports fans it's not just hockey fans it's everybody you know when you're when a player moves on to a different team you're gonna you're gonna hate the fact that he did but at the same time you have to appreciate every time he came or the fact that he was there and gave his blood sweat and tears same thing happened with freddie here in atlanta Yep, same thing happened with LeBron the second time he came back. Not the not the not the first not the first time. Not the first time. Uh there's there's a whole podcast I could tell you about the first time he came back to Cleveland. That was an interesting game. Uh but the second time, the second time he came back to Cleveland, that's exactly what they did. He came out for pregame warm-ups, everybody cheered him. When he got announced for the LA Lakers, everybody booed him. So yeah, that's what hockey that's what that's what fans of sports are supposed to do. Appreciate what this guy did for your franchise. And then boom, when the game starts, because he plays for the opposition. Last night in college basketball, women's college basketball, Iowa down to Ohio State behind uh, Caitlin Clark's latest triple double. Not time <sighs> for this. Ohio State had been undefeated, um, but this was a fantastic game. I mean, it was just all it was back and forth pretty much the entire game. Yeah, that was great. It, it reminded me of a March Madness game, honestly. Yeah, I, it, it reminded me of like a Sweet 16 Elite Eight March Madness game. So, yeah, Ohio State undefeated, no more downs by Iowa. But it was it was very entertaining. All right, we got a text message from a buddy of ours yesterday. Uh, we're going to put it in uh, today. Um, Coach Charles Shetmore runs the Carroll County Paulding officials, Paulding sports officials. He says they are having a, a training session this coming Sunday. January 29th at 2 p.m. at New Georgia Field 1 for baseball and softball umpires. 
please do everything you can and make sure that everyone can come. So if you hear our voices and somebody wants to be an official, tell them about it. Tell them that there's a, a training session this Sunday at 2 p.m. at New Georgia Field One. Yeah. Get out there, become an official for these rec leagues. Um, that's another that's another topic, Billy. We could do an entire podcast on is, is rec league umpires, the need for them. Um, and, and, and the fact, uh, you know, I, I got a, I got a lot of problems with um, uh, parents and coaches being hard on these rec league umpires because I mean, they don't get paid peanuts, man. Um, and, and they're out there, parents and the coach, some of these parents and coaches are out there thinking that they get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars and they're MLB referees or NFL referees or something like that. Uh, we we got to treat these referees with more respect because when the parents do it, it trickles down to the kids and the kids see their parents do it. And the parents don't uh, treat umpires and officials and everything with respect. And it's absolutely disgusting. Uh, and, and like I said, I, I can't really start going on a rant about this subject because I, I can rant for literally 30 to 45 minutes because I see it from soccer to baseball to basketball to football. I see it in all walks of life. Um, we got to teach these kids to be a little bit more respectful to uh, to authority figures and, and, and umpires and referees and stuff because they don't get paid enough to put up with your crap. Now, when you get to the NFL in college, hey, it's it's fair game. You know, they get they get compensated pretty well. Uh, you know, we can we can razz them a bit. But when it comes to rec, man, when you're at your local rec department, treat these officials and everybody with respect because they're just like normal humans like you and I, and, and they don't get paid nearly enough to put up with some of the crap they do. And finally, today in 1962, Jackie Robinson is the first African-American elected to baseball's Hall of Fame. We will find out, speaking of the Hall of Fame, we will find out the Hall of Fame today. Um, oh, really? An announcement today for the... Uh, I think it's... I'm pretty sure today is that what I saw from David Bryan. Sweet. All right. That's the, the baseball hall of fame, the last hall of fame that actually matters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every other, every other sports hall of fame is just a, okay. you know, a career achievement type thing. Yeah. It's a participation trophy, essentially. Uh, baseball hall of fame is the last hall of fame that actually matters. And I know a lot of people give baseball writers crap for the way they vote, but uh, I like it. It's, it's a very exclusive group and, and some players are, are not in it that probably should be in it. But I think that's what makes it such a big achievement. And when you get into the Baseball Hall of Fame is, is uh, you know, it's not everybody's in it. Sort of like the College Football Hall of Fame. Although the College Football Hall of Fame has a, that's a little bit different why it's exclusive. Um, but yeah, Baseball Hall of Fame, the last Hall of Fame that actually matters in professional sports. You got anything else? Nah, man, let's get out of here on, what, I, what's today? Tuesday. Let's get out of here on a Tuesday. All right, that's it for the Morning 5 for Tuesday, January 24th. For Bryce, I'm Billy. Have a great one, everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbor! Just shake!